Season 2, Episode 20, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Mark 1, 1, and Luke chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry. So I'm going to quickly review the verses from Episode 19, as has been my habit for the last 10 messages or so. We'll see how long I keep it up. But, uh, all right, so uh, episode or event 19 in the life of Christ, uh, according to A.T. Robinson, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. And Jesus went down with his parents. This is after he was lost for five days, approximately. Uh he went down with his parents, came to Nazareth. Of course, you go downhill from Jerusalem, about a thousand feet at least, uh, and was subject to them, unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart, like, know ye not that I must be about my father's business. And she, more than anyone else, I think she and Joseph were both believers in the uh Immaculate Conception of Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men through the the teens and and uh, began his ministry at thirty. And we got I got a little enlightenment that based on a uh, A. T. Robertson note that you didn't enter the priesthood until you were thirty. And John the Baptist was six months older, so he entered six months before, which was very important to me to know how long the ministry of John the Baptist was. Was he out there for 20 years? How long was he out there? According to A.T. Robertson's belief, and, and I agree with him, uh, especially if it's based on the age of a priest, at uh, 30, he was six months older, so six months after he began his preaching uh, of the gospel of the kingdom, which I think is a little different, preparing the way for the king. And uh, the gospel of the grace of God is more about the Savior, in my opinion, uh, who is king, no question. And he is God. But anyway, um, so let me just read those two verses again real quick. Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52 and Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And just A.T. Robertson noted that Samuel also grew in favor of both man, God and man. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. So now we're going to go to episode number 20 and uh, it's season 2 episode 20 based on A.T. Robertson's Harmony of the Go A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ copyright 1922 and C.I. Schofield's The Schofield Reference Bible copyright 1909 and the King James Bible published in 1611. Uh, the beginning, uh, episode 20, is the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry. Uh, 
When? Always a good question. Um, I, I'm so thankful that a scholar like A.T. Robertson, you know, puts the word probably, uh, you know, before any date that he gives. But he does here also. Um, this took place probably six months prior to Jesus's baptism, when Jesus began his ministry. So that would mean John the Baptist began his ministry six months before Jesus. And I've never heard anybody say that, but it's powerful to me. But because um, how long can you eat locust and honeycomb and and wear, you know, animal skins? I mean, anyway, whatever. Probably six months prior to Jesus' baptism, uh, Luke follows. Luke follows. This is the academic side here. Luke follows the custom of ancient historians in dating events by names of rulers. I was born when uh, Eisenhower was in office two years. So, you know, you can do that in the United States pretty well. Uh, but anyway, they, you can do it in history also. As the son of a priest, John was probably 30 years old when he came forth to begin his ministry. Which, If he was 30 and he was six months older and Christ came also at 30, then... Uh, he his ministry lasted six months, which is what A.T. Robertson said, probably six months. Where? In the wilderness of Judea was where his ministry was, uh, beside the Jordan River. I would assume he was on the uh, West Bank, but I'm sure he could cross over. Spent a lot of time in the water baptizing people. We're going to take a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and Luke chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And Mark chapter 1, verse 1 says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus. This is the beginning of Mark's gospel. And this, by the way, is John Mark, who left Paul in Asia Minor. And Paul's, Paul and Barnabas split up over John Mark. Uh, Mark comes back in spades and writes uh, the gospel of Mark, which I think is really cool. Anyway, verse 1 of chapter 1 of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I heard some of the most ancient manuscripts leave out the Son of God. Mine is the majority text, which is not the most ancient, but the majority of the, the texts we have agree with the majority text. So they, they make a Greek text of, that, of the New Testament there. Um, and we go with that. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. So that's basically where we left off with a different verse, but see episode 19. Okay, Luke chapter 3, verses 1. Verse 1, let's start with that because I've got a few things to talk about. Verse 1 here. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. So Tiberius Caesar was the son of... Caesar Augustus, who I've just always had a warm place in my heart. His father was one of the four rulers of the world. There was Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus the Great, Alexander the Great, and Caesar Augustus. And in Luke chapter 2 it says, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And God used these men. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar wrote part of the book of Daniel. Uh, Cyrus the Great allowed uh, Nehemiah to come back and build, rebuild Jerusalem. They were overthrown by Alexander the Great, the Persians. It goes uh, uh, Mesopotamians, uh, uh, Persians, uh, which are different 
people. Um, peoples. It's the difference between Iraq and Iran. Um, uh, Alexander the Great defeated the Persians, and I've never heard that the, the Ro Romans defeated the Greeks. I, I've always heard they just kind of took over for them, assumed their gods. They have the Roman gods with Zeus and all that stuff, and people are really interested in that, memorized the Roman gods and the Greek gods. Greek gods came first. But anyway, all right, let's go back to chapter 3, verse 1. Now it was fifteen year. It was the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. By the way, Tiberius Caesar was also the Caesar at the crucifixion of Jesus. So this would put him, you know, right at the midway point. Augustus lived for fifteen years after Jesus was born, and Tiberius came along. And um, yeah, Augustus lived fifteen more years, and then uh, his son took over and ruled for a little more, I think, because Jesus lived to 33 and 15 would only be half of 30. But anyway, um, all right, verse one, chapter three, verse one. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, everybody knows who Pontius Pilate is, uh, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea. Um, now, that that's, I think, the head guy for for the Romans. I think he's Roman. I think all these guys are Romans that I'm going to mention in this verse. Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, which is a larger region than these other uh, regions. These guys would be working for Pontius Pilate. And Herod being Tetrarch of Galilee. So Herod is one of his lieutenants. And tetrarch means, uh, well, tetra means four, and it's kind of like, uh, well, you divide a regiment into four parts, and these would be rulers over four different regions, or three, in this case, three different, three are mentioned here. So it doesn't have to be four, it's, it could be just subordinate leaders. Anyway, Herod, this is King Herod, this is uh, um, not the one that wanted to kill Jesus. Uh, this would be one of the other following Herods, um, because that guy that we're we're 15 years from that guy, and he died so Jesus could grow up in in Judea. Nazareth was the choice of his father, in my opinion. Anyway, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, so that's up north by the Sea of Galilee. And his brother Philip, tetrarch of Aturia, and of the region of Trachonitis, okay, which is further north than the Sea of Galilee, and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene, which is also north of the Sea of Galilee. So, these are not all the regions, subregions of of Judea. But there are three tetrarchs mentioned here: Herod, um, Philip, and where's the other one? Uh, Petrarch, being tetrarch, his brother Philip, tetrarch, and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Babylon. Okay, so that was verse one, and it was a mouthful. 
And let me just say again that uh, looked up Tetrarch. Tetrarch, a governor of a part of a country or region, uh, especially in this case the country of Judea, but it was occupied by Romans, especially a fourth part of a province in ancient Rome. A tetrarch could also be a, uh, a commander of a fourth of a phalanx, which to me sounds like, in modern terms, a platoon leader. A company would have four platoons, uh, a rifle company would have three line platoons and a, a mortar platoon. Anyway, in a company headquarters, but that's not a platoon. Anyway, tetrarch uh, is a governor of a part of a country. Uh, it's a Roman job. Uh, special, especially a fourth part because of the word tetra meaning four, uh, but it could be just just a governor of a part of a country. Uh, a province, it's a especially um, based on it, uh, the way it's pronounced. Anyway, uh, a province of ancient Rome, the title of king was sometimes assigned to the tetrarch, such as in Matthew and Mark when they call Herod not a tetrarch but King Herod. So that would be a, a name that could be assigned to him. The Romans and, and all these world rulers, the, the, the uh, Mesopotamians, the Babylonians, let's call them Babylonians, the Persians, the, the Greeks, and the Romans, they all let the world rule themselves to, to a certain degree. Um, Hitler did that with France. He had unoccupied France, called Vichy France, but... Uh, anyway, moving right along. If you're going to rule the world, you got to get some help. And it's probably best to get people that speak the language. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, verse 2, Ananias and Caiaphas being high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. So that's the beginning. That Verse 2 really marks the beginning of verses. the other two verses we've looked at. They kind of set the stage politically, but verse 2 of Luke chapter 3 uh, sets the more Jewish framework and, and the location. Ananias and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, the priest, couldn't speak for nine months because he doubted the angel, in the wilderness. The wilderness is the desert. According to Ellicott's commentary, uh, the Bible, Bible Hub uses, um, strictly speaking, there could be only one high priest. Usually there was only, you know, there was, Aaron was the first high priest. It wasn't Aaron and somebody else, Moses' older brother, but it was just Aaron. It's, usually there's one, but the Romans got involved and they wanted two. Strictly speaking, there could be only one high priest. The office was filled at this time by Caiaphas. By Caiaphas was the high priest. Annas had been appointed by the Romans. So they wanted their guy in there. Okay. Um, also from the Bible Hub, the question asked by priests and Levites, these are the most knowledgeable people in Israel, the priests and Levites at the temple. In John chapter 1, verse 25, and we're just 
six months away from the beginning of Christ's ministry and three and a half years from his crucifixion. So these are the high priests in Jerusalem, Annas and Caiaphas. I think Annas was his father-in-law, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, a little older than the Romans chose. Anyway, um, the question asked by the priests and Levites in John chapter 1, verse 25, implies that uh, a John-like forerunner was expected as one of the signs of the coming Messiah. So let's take a look at John 1 and see how that implies uh, that John would be the forerunner to the Messiah. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 25 and 27, and they, the, the priests, the high priests and Levites, asked John, asked him and said unto him, Why, Baptist, why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ? I think they asked him flat out, Are you the Christ? He said, No, I'm not. Nor Elijah, the, the pro, or neither that prophet. Not sure who the prophet, I always think of the one that Moses talked about, who was the Messiah. But I know that the, the Bible said that Elijah would come first. And Jesus was asked that question, and he said, If you'd have received me as king, John the Baptist would have filled that role. Anyway, John, verse 26, uh, let me read 5 again. And they asked him and said, the priests and Levites asked John the Baptist, Why baptize thou, baptize thou, if thou be not the Christ, or Elias, Elijah, or the prophets? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. I don't think he knows that it's his second cousin. He, he it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. So he is definitely the forerunner to the Messiah. And what is the gospel according to John the Baptist? I think it's found in John chapter 3, verse 36. The last verse of John chapter 3. The gospel according to John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said in John chapter 3, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. I have everlasting life because 18 years ago I put my faith in the God of John 3.16. As Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. My faith was in the good God of John 3.16. He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So if you want to escape the wrath of God, put your faith in Jesus Christ, is what John the Baptist is saying. And I will say, well, let me tell you what the verse 20, uh, episode 21, we get a little, is the message and the messenger of John the Baptist. Well, I just gave you his major point there. I think that's what he's all about. But um, in John chapter 3. But we'll take a look. Our next episode will be episode 21. I will say adios to God. And I will say via con Dios. Go with God.